Yo, what's good, family? Thank you for stepping to the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined by Coach Merck. And we got a dope show for y'all today. We got some NFL talk. Got a little NCAA talk. You know, we got to talk about that Michigan stuff. You know, we, we, we you know, born and raised in Ohio and everything like that. So whenever anything Michigan come up, especially scandalous, we got to talk about it. I think it's our civic duty to this country. Scandalous. You know, we got to talk about that. And and then we're going to round it out with some uh, NBA talk and uh, show you how to spend your money this weekend. So first and foremost, I want to say, uh, before I forget, you know, happy Veterans Day to all of our vets out there. Thank you for your service and your sacrifice to the country. Much appreciated. Um, and um, just just wanted to give you all our flowers at the top of the show. So um, jumping into some some NFL. So we we we're gonna we're gonna test something out on the show. You know we like shake it up a little bit. So we're gonna test something called Monday morning headlines. So we're gonna try to come up with some creative of what we think y'all gonna see on the front pages and across the bottom of the screens, uh, on the debate shows, whatever the case may be, on Monday morning. So debating between two coach merch. So let me let me know, let me know what you think here. Okay. Um you got let's just are right, you got the 49ers at the Jaguars game, right? 49ers coming off a three-game skid. Jaguars reeled off five straight dubs. I'm gonna go ahead and say the Monday morning headline is 49ers are still pretty good because they're going to end their losing streak. This week, what you think about that one? That's cat. That's cat. That's cat. Man, it's they're a, about they're five minutes to come up with the, that. The Niners is about to lose, bro. <laughs> the it's it's in Jacksonville. They're they just got exposed. Like I think what helped Purdy out when he started up to when the injuries was happening is that he was able to hide behind all those smoke and mirrors. So people are just like, oh, do we defend the run? Do we defend the pass? But they're, you know, a run-heavy team and blah, blah, blah. But now it's just like, oh, let's just have this guy beat us at all costs. Like, they can do whatever they want on the ground. It's not like, you know, of course Debo's been hurt, but it's not like they've been putting him in a lot of run plays like they've done in the past. So you could pretty much annihilate that from, you know, your defensive playbook of like, okay, well, nine times out of 10, we know Debo's going to be running a route. Mm -hmm. So it's just really CMC you have to worry about in the run game. And of course they have other backs too, but the Jags have a respectable defense and they have an offense that can put up points. Or they can even milk the clock with their run game because ETN is a beast. So I think this probably won't be the headline, but I believe they'll lose. And if they if the 49ers do lose, the headline may be Do you need to replace Purdy? Mm-hmm. 
Do they have another option? Like, we really go. No, they, like, you will really be like swinging in the draft again, but I'm pretty sure it won't be. It'll be one of those things where maybe a vet becomes available and it's just like, okay, let's just have Purdy sit behind somebody because he didn't have that. Mm -hmm. So it's probably like, all right, let's have him sit behind a vet for the rest of the season or maybe grab somebody to start the year, whatever, depending on how things go. But if they lose again, mm -hmm. like if they lose this week, mm -hmm. calls will be made. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. They they can't they can't lose this game. They the 49ers can't. They can't afford to. And that's why I think they're gonna win is because they're so desperate. And I know both teams are coming off a bye, so they've each had the same amount of time to really prep for, for the other. Uh I just think the 49ers have to do it. I know they got Steve Wilkes on the sidelines now instead of up in the uh booth. Um We'll see if that makes a difference with the defensive play calling and communication. But yeah, if I'm the 49ers, you you gotta walk out there with a dub. You you have to. Uh and so if their defense is actually solid, I think that will that'll keep the score low. So in the, even in the 49ers, if they struggle a little bit offensively, I think they've been putting up around 17 points over the last few weeks, which is not mm. you know top match 49er football. But if their defense can hold their own against the Jags, because the Jags aren't a really good come from behind team necessarily. Um except if you're the Chargers. But outside of that, I think they could slow the offense down enough to make it a close game and pull it off at the end. Because I think they're going to focus on Etienne, ATN, ATN and say, all right, Trevor, you're going to have to beat us solely with your arm. And with those DBs that love to to gamble and make plays and, and, and hit hard, it might it might cause some trouble for the for the Jags offense. Uh, I get that, but you're going to see problems with the, the 49ers offense as well, because like I said, they have the Jags have a respectable defense and they that linebacker core is no joke. Mm -hmm. I mean, what what Devin Loy and, and I, I always struggle to pronounce his name, but Olo Kuan. Oh yes, but yeah, like they're going to get after. They're going to be flying around, um, and. I feel like the same difficulties are like the same based on um, – I feel like you can say the difficulties are pretty much the same for like uh, for their level. So for Purdy's level, I feel like that Jags defense will be somewhat similar to what – the 49ers would do to a Trevor Lawrence, but I believe Trevor Lawrence is better. And that's why that they will overcome. And plus they're at home. So that gives them a bonus advantage in my eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really good game. I don't think either team 
is going to run away with it regardless of the outcome. So I'm anxious to see that matchup for sure. All right, all right, all right, Coach Mark. I got one more. I got one more. So you didn't like that one, but maybe you might like this one. So you got the Browns at Ravens, right? So peep mm-hmm. this, this Monday morning headline. It's elementary, Watson. Lamarvelous makes the Browns never more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never more off of the quote the Raven, never more Edgar Allan Poe. You know what I'm saying? That's a bar. That's a bar. Uh, I guess I'm still trying to wrap my head around that one. I I will I will so Lamar Lamarvelous, right? Yeah. Browns never more. You know what I'm saying? So they just gonna, you know, they're gonna knock them out the 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 conversation for winning the the uh division. Because mm. this is gonna put them up for sure. A couple games, I believe, in that division. But it's elementary Watson, like Sherlock Holmes, Deshaun Watson. You feel what I'm saying? There's a lot going on there. Maybe I should cut, cut one of them off. But hey. For oh, the headlight, the headlight is supposed to capture the viewers, not confuse them. <laughs> here, here we go. Okay. Um. So what if what if I take the Nevermore part off and just say it's Elementary Watson, um, Ravens Trouts Browns or something like that. Ravens beat Browns. Keep it simple. Lamar, so- the marvelous beats Browns. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I, I don't think that's – the only thing about it is I don't think that's, like, a headline because I think that's what's – even though the Cleveland defense is no slouch either, the Ravens are expected to walk out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I like, I feel like for a headline – like, more of a headline of is, is if the Browns won because it's just like, whoa – like what the heck? Like or like maybe a headline will be like Chargers bounce back against Lions or something like that because the Chargers have been trash and the Lions are expected to be a threat in the playoffs even though they haven't really been playing good but the Chargers been playing worse. So Chargers light up the Lions. There you go. Nailed it. There it is. There's your money <laughs> right there, straight for the coach's box. <laughs> it took it took us a while. I was struggling, but you got me to one. You got me to a good one. It's the yeah, it's team effort. That's why we're the coaches' box, man. We can't do this stuff alone. Listen, and if any article, any show uses Chargers light up lions, we suing y'all because y'all y'all heard it here first on the coach's box. All right, trademark, trademark. T push the papers in. Hey yo, tell tell the. Tell the intern to push those papers in. I'm signing right now. I'm signing. I'm, I'm about to send this. Are they going to get it by 12 p.m. tomorrow? Mm-hmm. There it is. There it is. So, so we talked about the Brains, Browns at Ravens. So they're at the Ravens. You expect the Ravens to win this game, though? Bro, that yeah, that defense is vicious and like. Watson hasn't shown us anything really against well anybody except for last week but I mean it was the Cardinals so that really doesn't say much you haven't showed us anything truly great against good teams or bad teams with the exception of last week 
and now you're facing the best defense in the league. And, you know, numbers-wise, the best, like, a top 10 defense ever in the NFL. Man, they, they've been balling out of control because they were the laughing stock of the league last year. Remember, they kept giving up those fourth-quarter leads, those the Ravens did? Yeah. But they, they really got it together this year. And with the offense, you know, humming the way it is, um, you know, they still have a strong – Ground game, Gus Edwards, you know, getting a touchdown to it every game, it seems like. Uh, and you just never know who he's going to use. Uh, the offense is in a pretty good stride because, you know, and I got Zay Flowers with a couple of my fancy teams. He didn't do anything. They beat the Seahawks, what, 37-3 to last week? And, and, and Zay Flowers didn't even do anything. You know, it, it was just they have – they have he has options. And so when they're catching the ball – Right and make them make them plays. It's a hard team to beat. Um, both of their most impressive get their most impressive games have been against the Lions and the Seahawks, which are NFC teams. So I like to see them have just as impressive games against the AFC teams. And so if they could come out and and dominate the Browns with Watson as quarterback, because uh, I think last time Watson was not the quarterback, didn't finish the game, if I'm not mistaken, or didn't start. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be anxious to see if that outcome is still like it was when Watson was playing. So then they're like, hey, yo, the Browns, you in the division, but we're going to beat you whether you got your starter quarterback or not. It doesn't matter. Like, we're just better than you. So that's the type of statement I like to see them make on Sunday. Uh, Let's see. Speaking of the Lions, so the Lions at Chargers. So Chargers would definitely be the headline because they've been a roller coaster. The Lions have kind of outside of that Ravens game have looked pretty looked pretty solid all season long. So what do you expect to see during that game, Coach Murray? I expect the Lions win. The Chargers defense hasn't shown me anything. And I mean, me, Coach Pace, you, we Coach Natty T. Everybody on the pod, man, the real Coach K. None of us understood why all this love was going to Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. And he still hasn't shown us anything. So why would I believe in him now? Yeah, it, it's been a disappointment. I know he's got an injury on his mind throwing him, but he was struggling even before that. Let's be honest. Yeah, like, you're in, like, Bro, like he, you would think that people show him love as if he's like a tier two QB, but he just hasn't done anything. Yeah. It's just. He has the the stats, but not the W's. And because if you look at, I think we showed some stats last week of, uh, quarterbacks all time that have played the same amount of games as him, like the yardage and I think touchdowns and everything. Like all of that is on par with the greats or ahead of the greats. But that win loss column, mm, that that that's that's where it hurts Justin Herbert right there. It's not it and you're right. Yeah, because like like you said, it's not it's not showing up in the columns, but also it like even though he's he could put up numbers, it just doesn't feel the same. 
as like the people that he would be compared to stat wise. You just don't feel that effect. It's like okay, and and things are about to like eventually turn its head because one, you have Mike Williams that gets finds a way to get injured every year. It's not like Keenan Allen is getting any, any younger. And, you know, y'all already had battles of, you know, paying Eckler. So when – and those are, you know, Williams is one of the best deep threats in the league. Keenan Allen's one of the best route runners in the league. Eckler's one of the best backs in the league. When these people phase out because you don't want to pay one, one constantly gets hurt and the other one is getting older – What is he going to be after that? Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that bothers my mind is that they got a lot of money wrapped up in that defense. And you just talked about how trash the defense has been. And it's like you got you got Bosa, Khalil Mack. Um, Derwin James. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you got some you got some ballers on that side of the ball. And then you got some major contracts on that side of the ball. But they, they give up a lot of points and a lot of yards throughout the games to good teams, to the to the good teams they do. Uh, and, and so I'm just like, what, where is the disconnect? And, and, and Brandon Staley is supposed to be a, a defensive-minded head coach, and your defense is highly paid but low performing. So I, I don't I don't understand, like, where is the disconnect in the locker room? And I, I don't know if they just don't believe in him anymore as their coach. That could be it, but we'll see. I don't know. Um, this last, uh, so oh, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead. I think this will be a high scoring game. The Lions and Chargers. I, I have the Chargers by by about a field goal. I think it'll be a high scoring, but I think the Chargers will pull it out because they have to. You go. How many times are you gonna say that the team has to win, and that's why you think they're gonna win? <laughs> I just look at it, you know, your backs against the wall. This is this is where we where you see who the dogs actually are in the league. Yeah, and but I, you know, some people crumble, and you can have dogs and still lose. True, like Colorado, and uh, uh, we had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if if Coach Proctor say that about his own team, I could say that about his team too. Uh, but yeah. It was, I think it'll be a really good game. I mean, there's some there's some solid matchups this weekend. And of course, we got our Germany game, you know, some back-to-back weeks, the NFL in Germany. Uh, so this time we got the Colts and Patriots. So you, you never know with these overseas games that sometimes it, it it doesn't matter without having a true home team and and with the traveling involved, some teams getting there earlier than others. You just never know what the outcome of the game is going to be. How do you feel this one's going to pan out? Listen, the only thing I know that's guaranteed about international games is that if it's the Chiefs or if it's the Jags, they're winning. Outside of that, everything else is just up up for grabs. But in this game, I'm I'm going with the Patriots strictly because I believe in Mac Jones over Garner Minshew. They have I mean, the Colts have a great offense, but um, Mac has been looking – Mac and that offense has been looking good these past couple of weeks. Um, all of them hasn't resulted in wins, but um, there's that. And 
no matter what the time zone is, what area, you know, Belichick is going to find a way for his his defense to make a play somewhere. This is this is definitely going to be a tight one. I got the Colts edging it out. Um, I I like the Colts defense better than the Patriots defense. Uh, as a lot of the the former players say, defense does travel. Um, I'll go ahead, because though the Patriots offense has been doing well, the defense has been giving up points. Um, so they either lost those games or barely won those games. So I'm I'm looking at the Colts, and I thought Gardner Minshew was your boy out here. You know what I'm saying? With, with the Eagles last year, did a good, did a solid job. I respect them, but like, I'm just saying I believe in Mac more than him. That's it. Let's not act like Gardner Minshew is there and he's the starter because they wanted him to be the starters because their starter got hurt. <laughs> that is also true. That's also true. Uh, yeah. We'll see what happens there. I love the fact that the NFL is continuing to expand its, its global footprint uh, with these games. Definitely got to try to make it out to one soon. Ne- next season, I'm going to try to make it out to the NFL. Yeah, you're talking to something outside of my tax bracket, buddy. <laughs> hey, we got a whole year to say we, we can do this. We can do this, Coach Mark. Uh, yeah. Sure. All right, we'll pray about it. We'll pray about it. All right, yeah, there on. we go. We'll do that. And, and, and maybe maybe we'll hit it big on, on, on the sports bed or something like that, and I could pay some of our way out there. The way they be treating me lately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm better off betting on myself. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, I only trust myself. <laughs> at the end of the day, I only bet on myself. That's that's a that's a real bar right there. That's a headline, Coach Murray. Would you just say right there? That's a headline. That's that's an everyday headline. I'm here all week. Yeah, but well, you know who's not here all week anymore? Josh McDaniel. Coach Coach Pace. <laughs> Coach Pace. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be doing Coach Pace like that. He has he wanted to be here with us today. Yeah, he had technical difficulties. But Josh McDaniels and you know, GM Raiders no longer with the Las Vegas Raiders. And guess what? They won a game. They won a game. And when it's just, it was just something to see how that the locker room responded to Antonio Pierce, you know, in his first game with head coach. It was just a different vibe, a different energy there. You could see it on the field and you could see it um, off the field. And Sometimes it just takes that change and that kind of exhale, that relief to know that, okay, I like the person who's leading this team. And so I'm going to go out and do my thing. He understands us a little bit uh, much better uh, being a former player and a good one at that. Uh, so it, I just, the question I have, Coach Murph, is how long is this going to last? I You, you love to see it, right? You love to see uh, someone get a coaching opportunity like that and it actually galvanize a team. But how long do you think this is actually going to last? Uh, probably until, like, you know, the the first quarter of next year. I mean, like, the, the Raiders, 
just like when they got rid of Gruden, they they won. But like, I I think that dysfunction helps them win. Because <laughs> like I I bet on that game. I was just like, oh, they just clean house a couple days ago. This is an easy win for the Giants. Uh-huh. And then you know. The Giants were the Giants, and I was like, "That's when I was just. That's when I came up with that headline. I was like, you know what? They just don't want me to win. They got Vegas got a vendetta against me for some reason. (laughs) But the they're just going to try to use the the rest of this year to pretty much build momentum. I don't really see anything." coming of it like a playoff berth or anything like that because I mean they have the Jets next that's a toss up because of that defense then you have the Dolphins are they going to be able to put up points like the Dolphins can then they got the Chiefs that's a tough three game stretch as is then you got the Vikings but the way Dobbs looks he's going to you can say that that's a toss up the Chargers Mm. I would give that to the Chargers. Then you got the Chiefs again. You could potentially beat the Colts. You could potentially beat the Broncos. What is that? They probably, (laughs) bro. Yeah, they probably have one of the hardest schedules left in the league. Oh God! Like, So they're going to go through and be like, well, you know, we're just going to try to get better every week. But I'm pretty sure the coaching staff is talking amongst each other and just be like, hey, next year we're going to really, you know, put our foots down and make some headway. But they're going to need to find a quarterback. I know they're not going to stick with uh, with this one. I mean, do you draft one? Do you trade for one? Because – like Devontae Adams, he's not going to be wasting his time there. Right, right. Nah, that that's wild. That schedule is wild. Like that, that's 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 two and six waiting to happen. Like easily two and six. All right. So what I want to say to the Raiders, to 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 their front office, don't overreact because your team is going to lose the majority of the rest of their games. Okay. And don't repeat the same mistakes. I think that's one thing about life is that we all make mistakes. Just don't make the same. And last time you alluded to it, Coach Murph, after John Green was released, they had a coach, his name escapes me, I'm sorry. But um, the, the team liked him a lot and they played well for him and they didn't bring him back the next year. They get Josh McDaniel, Daniels. The ship goes down. They get rid of McDaniels. Now the ship is kind of trying to give itself up to get a win. Give Antonio Pierce some time with that team beyond this season. He's obviously galvanized them, changed the whole energy in the locker room. Build with him going into next season. Don't make the same mistake you did last year. That's all I got. Well, we, we've given the, them uh, the Texans a little bit of a shout-out on the show every once in a while, but coming off 
that five touchdown was a 470 yard performance. No turnover. Bro. Like, yo, so like I, I didn't I didn't see that coming at all. At all. So coach, bro, talk to us about what you're seeing from CJ Stroud in Texas. I all I'm telling all I'm saying to myself, and I know coaching and players have play a big part in it and stuff like that, but I'm like, where was this CJ Stroud at OSU? Like, and nobody was expecting this from the Texans. You know, it's just you got a rookie quarterback. I mean, you were the one of the worst teams in the league. That's how you got got him with the second pick in the draft. And you're, you know, I'm was thinking they were going to be more of a run heavy team, but because of Pierce had a good you know, season last year, but he looked like he's taken a step back. Well, not even look, he's taken a step back and they're like becoming pass heavy. I, I was happy with the Schultz pickup, the Dalton Schultz pickup and signing him. I felt like that having a vet like that, he was really good for the, the Cowboys. So I was like, okay, well you got that. Tank Dale. I had my eyes on him when he was getting drafted because um uh, Steve Smith Sr., he um he reviews and talks about the incoming um uh, receivers coming in and he's like he was like raving and was like, bro, I really like this guy. And I was like, Well if he thinks so like I'm picking him up in my fantasy leagues and drafts and stuff like that, and then that man knows his football. <laughs> so yeah, somebody need to tell Jerry Judy to listen, right? <laughs> so, like that that team looks like I'm not going to say like they're world, you know, world beaters, but you know, granted pieces that they can keep together, they're they can be a playoff team in the next, you know, two to three years, you know, barring injury and, you know, all those other things. But I know the Panthers, they're kicking themselves. <laughs> oh, that's just what I was about to say. I, I mean, because they, they came off a rough game last night. Um, the, uh, I guess the Bears, you know. And yeah. Now, to be fair, to be fair, Coach Murray, some of it is the situation that Bryce Young was drafted into. That would have been the situation that C.J. Stroud was drafted into. So I take everything that you just mentioned about the weapons that C.J. Stroud has, has, I'll take all of them over anything that the Panthers have. Okay, yeah, I get that, but... No, that's hindsight 2020. Nobody was saying that when the season started because when you look at it, you're just like, okay, well, running back-wise, oh, the Panthers got Miles Sanders. You're not going to be like, oh, I'd rather have Pierce over Miles Sanders, especially after the year Miles Sanders had with Philly last year. Granted, it was the number one 
you know, O-line in the league that he was running behind. But Miles Sanders is a dog. And if you want to say it's a toss-up, so be it. Nobody's expecting nothing out of Tank Dell. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie. So, you know, oh, there's going to be some development and all that stuff. Uh I mean, target-wise, Schultz was is pretty much the only proven guy on the team. Mm-hmm. So, is it is it really that they have better weapons than the Panthers? I don't think that's the case. I think the Panthers would be better with C.J. Stroud. If roles was reversed, I think you would probably say the same thing and just say, oh, well, I think the Panthers have better weapons than Bryce has, but there's one common denominator, and that's the quarterback. I just think CJ is showing that he's that much better at the pro level that he makes his teammates look even better. So you think as though that they have better weapons than the Panthers. I can see that. And honestly – Receiver tight end wise, I would take Texans running backs. I'd actually probably take the Panthers between Chuba and Miles. Okay, yeah, Chuba and Miles, yeah. Yeah, I take them over Pearson, Singletary. Um, but yeah, it's just made and, and and so how much how much credit do you give D'Amico Ryan in all of this? Well, that's that's why I started off because of coaching. Because when I was talking about why CJ wasn't play, uh, playing like this at LSU, I was like, you know, I know part of it has to be coaching, play calling. Because like I said, coming into the season, I mean, I, I said on the podcast, I was like, I don't think – I think that, you know, the rookie of the year is going to be a skills guy because I don't think either of these quarterbacks are going to have a crazy of the year to, you know – really set themselves apart, even though that is easy for a quarterback to win any award that they're in. And I'm thinking Houston is going to be more of a running team because of Pierce had a great season last year and CJ just took over. Yeah. It, it's just, it's wild. Like Houston was a dumpster fire, has been a dumpster fire for the last few years. And just to see, you know, you get the, you get the coach and the quarterback right, you'd be surprised what can happen um, with your team. And they they just look like a, a, a whole new team. Like, to your point, just guys just out, out of nowhere just coming and step up, young guys, showing that they can hoop, they can ball. And um, they have some veteran leadership on that team. Yeah, I do I do feel yeah. for Bryce, though, because I, I don't like – the the coaching staff for the Panthers as much. Uh, their offensive line struggles. And when you're a smaller stature quarterback in particular, uh, you're going to need that, not just from a height perspective, but just from a build. Like Russell Wilson is short, but he's like more solidly built than Bryce Young is. Uh, so like that quarterback protection is even more paramount for someone that has a slight build. Yeah. And like to go back to like your your weapons point, like how he's like, I, I like the Houston Texans better. It's like they have they have Noah Brown. Who was what, like a fourth stringer for the Cowboys 
you know, Nico Collins, you weren't nobody was like, oh, they got Nico Collins. They they're about to do well. Tank Dell, rookie. They have Devin Singletary. They have Schultz, who's proven, and then they have Pierce. But then when you look at the Panthers, they have Mingo, who's also a rookie. So you can say that him and Tank exit each other out. Uh, they picked up Adam Thielen, who he is older, but he is still very serviceable, and he showed that all year. And like you mentioned, Chuba uh, and Miles, mm-hmm. and then they also have DJ Chart. So it's like at the beginning of the season, nobody's like, "Oh well, Houston clearly has better weapons." Like, that's that's no, fair. not necessarily. That's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know who most of that, those guys were when the season started. Uh, yeah, that's just it's it. I don't want to put the pressure on, on the brother, but it's nice to see uh, an OSU quarterback balling out in, in the in the league. And uh, that's a fact because boy, Justin is falling on his face somewhere. Man, I it. Because, yeah, we were hoping that Justin would be that. This, that's that kind of, like, redeeming factor of, yeah, OSU can, can pump out uh, NFL-level quarterbacks that could be very successful at that next level. And so far, he hasn't turned the corner. He's been good, but he hasn't turned the corner, really, to show us anything. But, but C.J. Stroud is showing us something special right now. Um, I just I hope it continues. I, I, and not just because he's an OSU kid, but just, like, I just looking at the human he is. I've watched several interviews of his, and you know the, the episode uh, on the pivot, him and Bijan. So like, I just it's just it's just a guy you like to root for. Well, Bijan is supposed to be in Philly. That's crazy. <laughs> Imagine B Bijan in Philly. Imagine it being Bijan and and Swift. Well, they were if they got Bijan, they wasn't getting Swift. That's true. That's true. So, no, they're not getting Swift. Man. It would just be Bijan and um, Kenneth Gainswell, but Bijan would have been the number one. Man, that would have been wild. But, hey, I'm not mad at Carter either. That boy is a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, them Georgia boys step stepping up continually, continuously for the Eagles. Yeah, I just need the Kobe to stop getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's been struggling. And – so we're going to move into the NCAA talk. So we talk about struggling. This whole Jim Harbaugh thing, you know, it's easy to make fun of it since since, since we're Buckeye kids and everything like that. Uh, I, I just I just don't know what to really think of the situation because, you know, I mean, you hear stuff and it's just kind of like, okay, did this really take place the way the accusations outline it to be. And if so, did Harbaugh actually know about it? There's no proof of, of either of those things happening, but it is enough apparently for the incident. And it didn't help that he was suspended coming into the year. So I think the the where there's smoke, there's fire type of mentality contributed to this three-game ban. Um that will be appealed, you know, um appealed by by Michigan. But is the and then you do it like less than 24 hours before they play Penn State. I'm just kind of like, if it was that much of a, a a big thing that you can prove right now, you would have been done this. 
Like you haven't necessarily received any new evidence to show you anything different based on your, you know. And then on you also look at it like, did they really need to, to steal signs for people to beat up on the teams that they beat up on? Like Purdue? Do we really need to steal signs to, to beat Purdue? I don't see that happening. But I, I don't know. Um, either way, I feel for the players. You know, I empathize with the players and everything like that because – I mean, this is going to take them out of the biggest game yet this season with Penn State. Uh, I think it's is it Maryland is the middle game, and then the Ohio State game, the biggest game of the year. Like he's going to be out if, mm -hmm. if and even as an OSU fan, I don't want to see a a um, Jim Harbaugh less Michigan team. I don't want to see. I want to see Michigan bring their best when they play OSU. I don't want any excuses. I want to see both teams at, at playing at their best. Yeah, especially after getting smacked the last two years. Ain't nobody trying to be like – like, it's us in a win mm -hmm. against Michigan without Harbaugh. It's just not – it's not like – it's nothing really to brag about. Like, yeah, we beat them, but, like – They had their coach, right? You know. Yeah, we can't be proud about that. Yeah, it's just like yeah, it's a win, but like it, it's not going to hit the same. It's not going to hit the same. But I mean, I just these accusations are real, bro. It's real. The fact that his his fight back point was like trying to point blame at other teams, like oh well, OSU and these other Big Ten teams are doing it, and it's like okay, well, but you got caught, so. But like, there's no doubt in my mind. Like, are other teams still in signs? Yeah, I'm sure. But you know, it's, if you you're not, it's not cheating if you don't get caught. That's the that's the saying. You got caught. So I, I think he might he might be done. At Michigan, I, I think we might see him somewhere else next season, especially if this is upheld. Yeah, but I don't. I wonder what that place will be. Would he pivot to some lesser program, like NCAA program, or would he go try to go back pro? Um, because the way it's looking. You know, the commanders may need somebody, but obviously I hope they would just give it to the enemy. Um, clearly, the the uh, Panthers would need somebody. We just talked about them. So may, maybe even the Bears. But there's teams out there that, you know, may be out in search of a coach. Listen, if, if the Chargers flop again this year, Brandon Staley going to be out there, too. Well, then there you go. There's another vacancy right there. I think there will be at least four or five decent jobs in the NFL for Harbaugh. I could see him get one of those. Denver? Yeah, Denver might be a spot. Arizona? Mm -hmm. Like you, well, they they might unless if they give them some type of leeway because of the quarterback situation, but yeah, that it's some serious stuff. But um, yeah, I think he'll be. Yeah.
So I'm interested to see what happens moving forward, see if the NCAA buckles down on it, doubles down on it um, or not. But yeah, little NBA talk to round out the show. You know, we got we got we got to talk about hoop a little bit. You know, we're a little late for this 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 topic since we didn't jump on last week, but it's still worth talking about. So James Harden is a Clipper. He he says, you know, I don't play in the system. I am the system. So we're gonna talk about James the system Harden to the Clippers. So Coach Murph, how do you see this panning out for the Clippers? This season. Uh, they about to have me on here sounding like Chris Boostard. <laughs> <laughs> Harden, Harden has to stop. Like, okay, if you want to call yourself a system, cool. What has that system created? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Literally nothing. But personal accolades. Listen, you're not going to join a team with Kawhi and PG and be the system. <laughs> you being in with the 76ers, you're not pairing up with Joel Embiid and you're going to be the system. Like, I know for to be a great athlete, there's a degree of delusion you have to have. <laughs> but he's pretty he this boy is pretty fucking delusional bro. Yeah. like I, I maybe he still thinks he's back in Houston like you know six six to eight years ago but you're not that guy anymore and even being that guy that brought you nothing it brought the team nothing I can't say it hasn't brought you nothing it brought the team nothing who wants a system that doesn't work like, I'm I with you on this one. Yeah, I'm all about you know, players doing what they need to do. But there's a few of them in the league. I'm like, yo, y'all got to sit down somewhere. And, and, and James Harden is one of them. As much as I enjoy, I've enjoyed watching him play over the years. Just, let's, let's just, let's just take, we'll take a step back over his career. Let's just take a, a little timeline here. And we'll see exactly where James Harden is actually the system. Oklahoma City, he came off the bench. He was their sixth man and, you know, got got traded before he could he could come into his own as a starter. OK, so we can't talk about James Hart system and OKC. So that's out there. He ends up in Houston. I don't think you can call yourself the system when you are literally in a coach's system that he's done before you. I'm talking about Mike D'Antoni. Like, how can, how can you call yourself the system if he did that with Steve Nash? Right? How can you do that? Every Everywhere he's gone, D'Antoni's implemented the same system and yielded pretty much the same results. So you really can't even call yourself the system in Houston, in my opinion. You just ran someone, the coach's system, very well. And then we ain't even gonna talk about Brooklyn. They, they were, they, it was a dysfunctional system overall in Brooklyn. So then you went out of there, you ended up in Philly, and they they got further before you even got before you got there. They got further with Jimmy Butler than they did with you. So you had to kind of fit into what Philly was doing as well. And that didn't work. 
and you smoked out in the playoffs. Okay. So, so coach Murray, am I missing something? Like where in his career was he actually the system? When he's playing ISO ball. (laughs) When he's, when he's playing street ball outside, outside of the NBA, when he's playing at Rucker Park, he's the system. I, I'm just like like I'm just like you. I there's times I enjoy watching them play, but like at this point, bro, I'm like over it. I'm like, I don't just like play basketball and stop talking about basketball. I'm not I'm telling you to shut up and dribble. <laughs> you can talk about anything else in the world, but just. Stop talking about basketball to the media. Yeah. You can talk to your teammates. Just keep it in house. <laughs> Just keep keep it in house like you're like a, a role player or something. They gotta stop putting a mic to them. You no, know it's bad when a black man told another black man to shut up and dribble. <laughs> That's not bad. I, I didn't I didn't tell him that because he can say he can speak to other people. Just don't let it go public. <laughs> Just don't let it go public. <laughs> Oh man, I I don't I don't know I the Clippers are the classic underachieving franchise, and you have a a star in James Harden who is also classically underachieved in the playoffs. In the playoffs, let me specify that in the playoffs in his career. So I guess in a way they are perfect. He fits right in. So um. I, I still see them as a second round playoff exit. They'll definitely get around, but mm-hmm. I I think depending on matchups. Let me not speak too soon because I don't know. What yeah, I was about to say that's yeah that's that's going to be hard to say because I feel like there there are so many like good young teams and they sacrifice depth to get him get him. And it's not like they really got defense about back outside of PJ Tucker, but like I said, that their age is going to work against them. Like them, obviously they they could get you like a game or two, but one you better make sure you're not in the play in. And if you, because like, all right, we'll look at the the top six teams right now. Actually, top five because Houston is up there, and we're expecting them to, you know, fall out. Mm-hmm. You want to avoid the plan because you don't want to play a team like Denver, who currently sits at number one, because that's a four-one at best. Yeah, you right. got Dallas. That's yeah. You got Dallas sitting there at two. You have. The Timberwolves at three, you got Golden State at four, you got OKC at five, and you got Houston at six. We'll just replace them with like, no, I'll replace them with the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Pelicans or Sacramento, either either way, yeah. all those matchups is like, I I can't like definitively pick them beating any of those teams. Yeah. Like, yeah, can you push uh, 
a Dallas team because their defense is back and you push them to a game seven potentially. But do I think you will win the game seven? No. OKC, they'll get that one. You're you're probably out in game six. Oh, bold prediction there, coach. That that team is deep, and they're really good. Like Chet Holmgren, Shea, like they're. That team is pretty good. I think they're going to be one of the scary teams to face in the playoffs if they keep this momentum and stay, which I believe they will. They're going to be one of the scariest teams to play in the playoffs. And out west. I I, I think they could beat the Timberwolves. That's the one team you named that I'm like, yeah, they'll probably beat them. I don't think so. You don't think I, game seven... Oh, they do have the best. No, I I think. Though that's true. <laughs> Anthony Edwards. Oh, got you the curse again. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Edwards, bro. Like not like they're. I don't think they'll do it because one, like I said, they sacrifice defense and they, the Timberwolves have as granted like, am I a fan of Rudy? No, but is he one of the best rim protectors in the league? Yes. So you got that. And yeah, they're outside. Well, PG and Kawhi are more mid-range scorers. And, but Russ likes to attack the basket. And Harden is a, is a three-point shooter. So you can X out, pretty much X out Russ. And you will view him to be like, okay, well, maybe he'll play more of a facilitator. But, you know, Harden wants to do that. Yeah. So, like, you know, Ty Lue's going to have his hands tied, juggling all that. But with Rudy Gobert, uh, McDaniels, who's also a good defender, Edwards can defend. I, you got the other guy on the team. <laughs> the other guy on the team, I'm not even going to say his name. He's not, like, the best defender, but, like, that he adds size yeah. to, the, to the team. Like, he can stretch the floor. So, I mean, Akil's a good defender. Anderson's a good defender. They're, and they're young. They are. Outside of Rudy. Yeah. So I think each game is going to take a toll. You may have Kawhi. You may have Paul miss a game. Russ will probably be there for all seven. Harden may miss a game. And the, if any of them miss a game, that's what's going to make it more of a, a game six exit, more so than a game seven. But I, I truly believe that the the Timberwolves would take them out in a seven game series. That's wild to even think about that Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert can take out Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. That's that's sad when you think about it. But I mean, and. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with your Ty Lue has his hands full as far as how to utilize this personnel now. Because, yeah, we saw what James and, and Russ were in Houston together. I mean, that, that experiment didn't work so well. Right, I think they lost. Well, my, and I think, yeah, well, you're right. They, they're, that experiment didn't go well, but. That was them being the one and two on a team. Now they're the three and four. 
So even if you think about late game situations, there's no doubt in my mind that Harden believes he should be the one taking the shot, but he will be third in the pecking order. Like Paul, I know that he believes he's number two. And well, he knows that he's number two, and he, he said that out, out of his own mouth. But he'd be dang if Harden would take a shot before him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. the The biggest piece for me, and the re- the reason why I brought that up, because uh, I, 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 you, you're one hundred percent correct with that. They the third and fourth option now. If I'm looking at that second team, because it's 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 inevitable. One of the Kawhi and or Paul George is going to get hurt at some point. But even let's just say even if they don't, and they want to rest rest them. Even if it's just in the middle of the game, just rest them a little bit. Would you trust Russ and Harden to be able to play productive basketball together, running a second team for like maybe 10 to 15 game minutes? No. That's where I think the problem is. Yeah, because like you're literally they're they're this they're the same player, but one just likes to attack the basket and the other one likes to shoot. They both get rebounds. They both can pass the ball, but you know they just score. They just get their points in different ways and obviously different efficiencies. But Harden ain't trying to come off no bench. I mean, no, I mean it. D- just trusting him to run the second unit. And I think Russ has to be part of that. Oh, run the second. Yeah. And it's like, do you trust Russ and Harden to run that second unit for like 10 to 15 minutes or whatever during a game? Yeah. No, I still know because I think it will go a lot like Harden. I would say Harden is a better player than, than Russ. Mm-hmm. I would say that. But – Russ is probably look at it like you just got here and I typically run this unit. What we're not gonna be sitting here taking turns running the second unit. Like, okay, you will you know, you got the ball, we'll see what you'll do. So like that this is my unit, this is what I've been doing. But Harden is not gonna be like, oh, I'm not gonna be the second fiddle for the second unit. What do I look like spotting up? Uh, well, Ty, this is your biggest coaching challenge yet. Yeah, they just went in, they just went all in on the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and we've seen that time and time again. Um, I mean, you go after a name, you go after what you've seen them do in past years, and you like that player's still in them. Uh, and you look at, okay, well, he's older, he's gone through lots of weekend diminish his role a little bit but that that player is still that mentality is still in James Harden and but Harden is just a salary dump at this point because he's on his one-year deal yeah like I yeah I don't I don't get it personally well, actually all, all of them are in the one-year deal or on their the last year of their deal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and this is what makes it even, you know, sp- dicier for for Ty because it's like the way you 
run things with these units and how you run this team will decide for who really cares to come back or not. Or it because the Paul George, this is the last stint of the Paul George Kawhi experiment. If this doesn't work and then you're left with the decision, I think there's no doubt in my mind that they will they would give Kawhi another contract and be like, you know what? Like we just can't even a sign and trade wouldn't do justice, but they will sign and trade everybody else. Yeah. And yep. you can't really sign and trade Harden because I mean, he's been running all across the map. Where does he want to go next? Outside of the Lakers, because he wanted to be in LA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that's a good call out. That that Ty Lue is this season is going to shape the next few seasons for them. Yeah. And, I, and I think, yeah, if they don't at least get to a conference final, they they're gonna blow something up there in LA for sure. I think at least a conference final would maybe suggest, okay, I think we got something now. Let's try to get as, as many of these pieces back as possible. Uh but yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I just I, I didn't love I didn't love it for the Clippers. Um but another LA team, we're gonna switch and go to the other LA team. They got some problems of their own. Season's young for sure. Uh but the Lakers, they're uh winless at on the road. They're like what oh and five. They've been dropping uh dropping games left and right. So I and we're always asking this question, right? Do the Lakers need to make another move? And they made so many moves in the offseason, but do they need to make another one? And if so, what what would that move look like? I don't think they need to make a move. They just need to stay the course. Like this people only do this with the Lakers, whereas like early in the season and they're just like, oh, they do they need to switch something up because they're struggling? And this is exactly why they struggle, because they don't allow things to develop. So I I think they're fine. Like what they're I think they're like, like eleven or they're twelve in, in the in the West, but it's not like there's some overwhelming gap uh to, you know, make it into like playoff contention, not even the play in. There there's a lot of basketball. I mean, you just have to allow the allowed a team to jail this isn't like it's not like this is a like the exact same team that came back yeah so just let people get acclimated it's different playing with lebron as y'all know and then also with them losing ad which was to be expected this is why i don't know why they don't get an actual big to be there because Christian Wood, like, he's not, he's nowhere near the defender <laughs> that AD can be. So when you got him playing your center, when you typically got AD there, that you're doing more harm than good at that point. So I don't, I just don't get why they don't like really buy in on just a guy that can room protect and rebound. Yeah. I, Actually, it, it what I what I we're about to get into our bet segment. Would I bet money every season that AD is going to get hurt? Absolutely. 
I this is he 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 got hurt earlier than I expected. I was like, dang, I thought he at least make it 20 games or something like that. You know, uh so it's just not a good sign for them moving forward because it's just like, is this something that's gonna linger for him throughout the year, even when he does return? And next thing you know, we're in April and he reaggravates it, you know, whenever it gets hurt again. And now they're looking at a compromised playoff team when they were supposed to be hitting their stride. Uh, so that that's my that's no, my they, they they let a six nine bam get nineteen boards one up. Mm. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. But hey, La La Land brings a lot of surprises, so we'll see what happens with the Clippers and, and the Lakers as the season progresses, and we'll definitely be keeping tabs on it here on the Coach's Box. But before we leave you, we're going to go ahead and uh, do our bet segment. Uh, so for those of you this is your first time tuning in, you know, we do, we're just going to show you how to spend your money over the weekend. We're going to throw some stuff, some some good ideas for you to add to add to your parlays and everything like that. So, uh, Coach Murph, how are you spending your money this weekend? Listen, man, we talked about it earlier. I got the Patriots winning uh, over overseas in Germany against the Colts. I do believe that Bill Belichick and Mac Jones will cook up something to slow down or will basically force Garner Minshew to make mistakes and to make enough plays on the offensive end to come out with the dub. I got Miami beating the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta uh, tomorrow tomorrow night. And also tomorrow, I got uh, Arizona because, you know, Team Wildcat. Or actually, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. That, that game is going on right now. That's a different bet that got going on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I'll be I'll be out here cooking a lot, but um, we'll say we'll have we're gonna take also the Cleveland Cavaliers to beat the Warriors tomorrow night. Okay, okay. You know what? I want to join in the fun, Coach Mark. I want to join in the fun today, especially especially because Coach Pace isn't here. So, you know, though we're not gonna you know may not pick like the best one. I thought I at least should. Cause I'm back in the game, you know. You feel me? <laughs> a few weeks, yeah. Um, I was helping a friend out that wanted to, you know, get some more funds for for his betting apps, and so you know, of course, if you refer a friend, y'all, you know, you both get X amount of dollars and everything like that. So I went went ahead to that. I was like, yeah, I I help you out. So and, and your boy won five hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? Couple weeks. Easy ago. money. It's like work. So light. You know what I'm saying? And then um one, what was it? Was it two two fifty or two two ten, something like that, uh last weekend. So y'all, I'm I'm out here in these streets is what I'm trying to say. And um, so I'm gonna go ahead and share, share, I'm gonna share two with y'all. Um now because I'm I'm extra, right? And so anybody knows me like James, you extra. Like this, this is this is an example of what extra looks like in the betting world. And just to let you know, when I say things out loud, the sports gods do the exact opposite of what I say. You want to know why the Steelers <laughs> are winning right now? It's because I haven't said a word. I haven't said nothing. 
about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And just because I said this to you right now, that means they're losing on Sunday. So, all right. But anyways, I got I got a four-leg parlay. But in that four-leg parlay is a single-game parlay. Let me, let, me, let me break that down real quick. Okay. I got Jonathan Taylor, anytime touchdown score. Gus Edwards, anytime touchdown score. Alvin Kamara, anytime touchdown score. All right. That fourth leg is the Texans at Bengals game. And so there are three things under that. Both teams to score one plus touchdown in each half. CJ Stroud, two passing touchdowns. Joe Burrow, two passing touchdowns. So all that is involved in a four leg probably. What you think about that, Coach Murray? I mean that's pretty that's pretty solid. I mean I I really ain't got no complaints about it. I let you boy. Now because again, because I said it on air, that means it's not gonna happen. So if you out there and you looking at your parlays, just do the opposite of whatever I just said. <laughs> do the anti ticket. Do the anti ticket, you'll win a bunch. Uh if you put down ten dollars, you'll make five hundred and thirty eight dollars and sixty two cents. Just do the opposite of what I did or something like that. You'll get a hundred dollars at least. Now, this is the upset special, Coach Murk. And you love upsets, so here's my upset special. Commanders over Seahawks, Chargers over Lions, and Vikings over Saints. How about you, boy? Upset special. That sound like a donate special. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this sound like you want to put it away special. <laughs> yeah, you can don't, donate into the – donate into Vegas. No, <laughs> I only put a five on it. Like, look, so me, I don't put a lot of money on each of these things, right? And, you know, so I put five on it just to see, just in case, just because the NFL could be unpredictable sometimes. But I was like, for $5, I get 80 All right, cool. It's not, it's not my money anyway. You know what I'm saying? This, this is part of the, the, the uh, what do they call it? Um, oh, the free betting? The free, the bonus bets or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's bonus bet money. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm gonna make it do what it do. Uh, cause I'm on fire. But anyway, those are the bets. So y'all got plenty of options. This we, again, again, like I said, do the opposite of what I just said. Uh, and you'll get you some money. And do what Coach Murph said. With us, with that two combined, the my anti ticket and his ticket, you'll get some bread. So, uh, we'll be back uh, next week as well to cover up. I may be rich. I may be in tears. We'll see what happens. But either way, <laughs> we're going to see you next week on the Coach's Box. Appreciate y'all tuning in. And have a blessed weekend. Stay blessed, stay safe. And once again, happy Veterans Day. Peace.